unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel, and a very special episode today that I'm super stoked about. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm in a very, very good mood right now. Good. Well, let's see what happens, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, our guest today is Adam Bedsman, and he's both state-of-the-art and very old school. So let me start with the old school part. Adam started out as a door-to-door salesman. I call that old school because, well, first of all, that's what I did. Gary Halbert started out in door-to-door sales. And nearly every experienced, successful copywriter I know says that the best possible training you can get for direct response copywriting is face-to-face sale. So back to Adam. He has risen to the heights of the business world himself. He's been COO of a multi-million dollar company. He's written copy for high-end coaches like myself. Uh, He hasn't worked with me. I think he's worked with you, Nathan, though, right? He is working with me right now, actually, yes. And he's also written copy for consultants for software as a service companies and for financial experts and others. And he counts more than 10 million deliveries of his emails. And he's contributed to nearly $100 million in sales personally and directly in the last six years. Well, here's the state of the art part. Remember I said old school and state of the art. Adam has personal mentoring and group mentoring to help copywriters start earning from 10K to 25K a month in as little as 30 days. Let me repeat that. He has group and personal mentoring to help copywriters start earning from 10K to 25K a month in as little as 30 days. And I know you'll want to hear about that. But did you also know you'll want to hear this? Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So Adam, welcome and and thanks for making it. Hey, thanks for having me, David. I realize now we were emailing back and forth getting ready for this while you were flying back from your five-year wedding anniversary celebration in Hawaii. And actually, some of our conversations happened while you were over the ocean. Yes, I did with Southwest's in and out Wi-Fi that might have taken a minute or two to (laughs) click and open each message. And, uh, but we made it happen and and we're ready and prepared for today. So thanks for your flexibility. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you. All right. So I know you're going to generously share some information with us that has made you and other copywriters a lot of money. And more than that, it has provided a level of confidence and freedom that most freelancers could only dream about. So the main topics we're going to cover are discovering your niche and getting paid for all the work of value that you do, getting paid for everything you really do, which a lot of copywriters have trouble doing because we do so many things. Let's start with your own story, okay? How did you discover this or otherwise figure it out for yourself? Yeah, great question. I'll share a short story. I sort of fell into the 
uh, direct response copywriting world. Uh, when I was the COO of that in-home sales company and traveling all over, I was handling all of our direct mail. And the direct mail vendor we were working with at the time was writing his own stuff, but he wasn't a copywriter. He was just a marketing guy who had the right email or the right lists and ways to scrub addresses and handle all that. So I started writing all of our direct mail and then our web copy and then all of our follow-up funnels for our inbound leads, training our sales teams. And when I uh, got fed up with that industry, I, I just burned out. So I, I left. I started my own quasi-email marketing SaaS, um, went, uh, thought I was going to be great at it in the marketing world because, hey, I was a great salesperson in person. I went six months with no sales. And I learned a very valuable lesson that selling in person is nothing like selling and writing because there's so many elements that you lose control of in the written word. Right. There, it's really good preparation, but it's not the same thing. Exactly. And you learn all the different elements, but it'd be like learning it, it's learning all the ingredients of a world-class dish. I love to cook, so food analogy there. Um, but you need to reorganize it to maintain that same level of control. So six months, zero sales. Finally got an opportunity to use someone else's list, sent three emails, tried to figure out how I can control what I used to be able to control in person in writing. And that week went from zero and it was just me, my business partner, and a third person who helped out. Um, we, I landed us a, over $100,000 in contracted sales out of those three emails. Wow. So zero to 100,000 after six months of nothing. So from there, that's when I fell in love with copywriting. And I actually landed my first client through that. So when we talk about niche, I wanted to preface that because I landed my first client from the sales email I wrote who liked it. And I said, hey, by the way, I later ended up leaving that business is not a great partnership and pursue direct response full time. And I did what probably most people do, which is bid projects and maybe take on individual projects, like a few emails here and there. And I was really excited to be doing what I loved. But my problem was I'd have you know, all of this discovery and work to sell two or three emails or four emails and five emails. Mm-hmm. And what in my prospect's mind, they were buying is copywriting. So they were buying written words delivered to them to accomplish a mission of sales or leads or whatever it was. And I realized I was doing all this consulting work on the strategy, the offer, how many emails should go, when they should go, and blending in all of this high-level and very important information to make the copy successful. But I wasn't getting paid for it because people... And in my mind, oh, I was just a copywriter, so I'd sell my copy. And I got a huge pay haircut, by the way, when I went from COO to freelance copywriter before I figured this stuff out. I bet, yeah. And then I'd have my greatest month followed by my worst month. So then I'd up my rates. Then I'd try a different angle of selling these copy blocks where people could pre, pre-buy, at that point, $600 worth of services and literally order off like an a la carte menu. So, hey, Adam, I need three emails. They're $125 a piece. I need an hour of your time. That's $150 an hour. And they just deduct from it. And then I was like, oh, I'll just up it. And then it was a thousand bucks. And then it was two thousand bucks. And I realized that there was a huge pitfall in taking on too many clients. The only way to grow was to sell more of these packages, but then I had to fulfill them. And I, it was it, it became really challenging because I put on this hat to write for a financial expert and then a hat to write for an art education company and then a hat to write for an in-home sales company and then an attorney. And it just didn't work. So I reached a breaking point and I set out to solve three key problems. One was cash flow. Two was um, uh, consistency, uh, which obviously coincides with cash flow. And three was being able to, to scale and preserve my mental power. And what I did um, was 
audit my book of business, which I know we're going to get into in a bit. So I don't want to get it, get too far, but I ended up identifying my niche in a way that most people don't. Most people look at it and are, are teach you to identify your niche based on an industry. And I did it a whole backwards way that's worked out really well. Yeah. So let's talk about discovering your niche. Um, could, could you, could you share your example? Maybe even another example uh, with one of your clients. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, my niche, uh, I can tell you in a sentence, I work with high ticket coaches, consultants, and agencies, and I help them craft irresistible sales channels that rake in new clients in record-breaking profits. All of my clients, by the way, that's the, the one sentence snapshot. Here's the expanded version. All of my clients share one thing in common. They all, two things actually, price, in sales process. So price is on average two to $15,000 sale. Yes, there are some higher. I'm working on one funnel now, which is neat side story. My client will receive a $400,000 commission on this very unique financial product that is targeted towards the ultra, ultra high net worth individuals, usually 250 million plus. And um, that's a fun, fun side story. But at any rate, two to $15,000 sale, and it starts with a phone call. And how did I find that? I went through and I looked through my book of business and, and I, I have my mind filled with everything that, that the marketing gurus teach you. You know, Narrow down a niche. And most people hear niche and they immediately go to industry. And when I looked through it, I was like, wait a minute, I'm working at the time with a financial expert. I'm working with a coaching company. I'm working with an attorney. And those were my top three most profitable clients at the time. It's like, but there's no niche. And I realized that all of them were selling a product from two to $15,000 and every single one of them, the sale started with the phone call. So I was like, boom, my niche is not an industry. It's a process. It's a sales cycle because everybody has those needs. So that's how I uh, discovered my niche. And, and to, when, you, when you asked about sharing a story of someone else's niche, I'm working now with a mentee um, working with me to help grow her revenue. And we start talking and she goes, Hey, I, I do copywriting for content. And for her, she's describing it was all in, in, um, in the science world in writing blogs for science. And I was like, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be science. When we uncovered what her real niche was, was designing content on a long sales cycle, an expensive product, also coincidence, happens to be a sales cycle by phone. And the reason it's a long sales process is because content is the main form of getting acquiring new leads and new eyeballs to educate them to the point that when they get on the phone, now they're educated, they're brought up to speed. So she's kind of a top of funnel content expert in creating keyword rich content for long sales cycle that are expensive sales cycle starts phone calls. So when she first met me, she says, hey, I'm just a content writer and she's charging per blog piece. I'm like, well, if you write per blog piece, why should I hire you over a Fiverr person or an Upwork person? Yeah. Well, when she repackages what she said she was providing and say, hey, I work with companies who have a long sales cycle, a complex sale, whose sales cycle starts with a phone call, I produce content to attract new eyeballs and help make sure that that content has a high conversion potential to feed the funnel and make sure leads that show up for your call are highly qualified and ready to buy. Who are you going to pay more, the blog writer or her? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd pay, I'd pay her more in a heartbeat. So um, that's a really interesting perspective. It's a different way of, of looking at what a niche is. Um, if one of our listeners wanted to do the same thing, what would be one of the first two steps you'd take them through? Say? 
first and foremost would be looking through your best clients that you, and, and here's the beauty when we're, as a freelance copywriter, we have and should exercise the free will of working with clients who we believe in and we like working with and whose product we believe in. Yeah. And I've always said, I work with companies, if I were their target market, they'd be my number one call. And if they don't fit that criteria, I just, I don't work with them. There's a, there's an ethical component. Did I at the beginning? Yeah, I needed to pay the bills, but I was able to be in a position now where I can be choosy. Um, But at any rate, I would look through your biggest wins and I would look through those wins in kind of three ways. One, passion. What do you like working with? Two, um, most profitable. How do you replicate the profitable clients? You don't want to replicate the the 80% (laughs) that take all the time and produce the, the least revenue. And three is to really dig deeper and look for those trends and don't, it doesn't, by the way, industry could be it. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I'm just trying to expand the, the, the views of listeners to say there's other ways to identify a niche. So I would look at the common trends for what that, what type of services you provide. And it could be recurring um, need for blogs or content or email marketing. It could be list size. Let's say you do email marketing, but you, your biggest wins were people with a list size of, let's say, 5,000 to 30,000 or opposite. Maybe it's growing a list and you want people who are, are younger. So you can really start to peel back layers, sales cycle, list size, audience size, um, sales type, um, the product type, price type, uh, solo brand, growing brand, do the, does the, your average company have 30 employees that you work with or 50 employees? Are they a 10-man operation? So there's a lot of different ways that you can uncover what your niche is that is far deeper than what the mainstream marketing teachings are of find your niche. Yeah, I, I love that. It's a very, it's a, it's a more practical and functional real world way of looking at it. That's really good. Um, let, let's move on because I think you have another game changer for us. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. I would say nearly everyone on the writing side of this game grumbles that copywriters aren't getting paid what they're worth, except maybe the top ones and they're getting paid too much or something. Uh, (laughs) You you found a way around it. Could you walk us through a story about someone who made the switch from not getting paid fairly to getting paid everything they're worth and everything that they're contributing to the client's process and, and how they made the shift either or both in terms of their mindset, how they looked at it and and also in terms of uh, how they presented it to clients? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I'm all about win-wins. You know, everyone in the, in the digital marketing world may talk about making money, which I do think when you have a good service and you like your clients and you do good work, you're, you should be compensated fairly. And uh-huh. there's a way to do that without being greedy. 
Um, now, my biggest struggle when I went to this copy block, as I called it, model where people could buy flat rate uh, pricing is people paid for my time reluctantly. So they'd say, hey, I need a five email sequence, but I need to book an hour of your time to map it out. And at that point, I was billing 150 an hour, which by the way, anyone listening who's billing hourly, it's a tough, slippery slide. I, for me, yes, some people do it successfully. I personally never do it anymore um, for a variety of reasons, which I could share at another time. But there was a pitfall. The, the client didn't want to book more time than they needed. So they almost neutered their own ability to get success working with me because they were like, well, I only want an hour because it's going to cost me. So in their mind, the ticker's running. If I needed time with Adam, the ticker's running. But what I realized is the copywriting is, is a powerful delivery, but the most powerful piece is all the work that's done beforehand. It's the positioning. It's the strategy. What goes into it? What's the offer? When are the emails sent? What kind of campaign are we designing? What's on the landing page? All those components are really where that success was. And when a client didn't want to pay for it or was thinking that that ticker was running, they weren't getting the full benefit of the value. So what I did is I decided to break the price product link and stop trying to bill myself as a straight copywriter because in people's mind, they were going to anchor my prices. Well, I paid this guy to write it. And chances are that guy was also trying to provide some strategy and consulting, but he wasn't charging for it. So my big shift and the shift that I help my men- mentors and or excuse me, mentees make is shifting to a retainer model. And I'm sure p- listeners are throwing red flags left and right, but I will tell you the retainer model for me has proven to be incredibly successful. And there are ways to, to mitigate all the issues that, that, that people who've tried it have, um, have faced like getting taken advantage of and clients you don't like. There's, there's ways to filter all that when it's done right. So for me, when I shifted to a value-based billing model that was done monthly with set expectations, that allowed me to step up to the plate and do what I needed to do to invest my time into their success. To them, they don't think about needing to reach out because there's not an hourly clock running. But f- the fact is, when you switch to that model, my quote-unquote hourly rate doubled. Easy. Easy doubled. Um, so, I was working with them. It, it's, it's very appealing what you're saying, and it seems pretty high level. Could, could you give an example of what that looks like maybe for one of the copywriters you're working with? Yeah, absolutely. So let's use um, this gal, for example. So she's, she's and we're in, in process as we speak. What we'll be doing with her is showing how she can package, and I'm using this analogy because we brought it up before about the blog writing. Currently, mm-hmm. she was offering kind of an a la carte, as I call it, style where you pay per blog. And in, in her mind, her retainer was like a six-month agreement and here's the deliverables. I don't like that. I have a client who's paid me over $288,000 to date over the last four years. He's worth six grand a month. That's $72,000 a year. And that's a big win for me. And you tack those on. I have a few clients that do that with me. And, and that's recurring monthly revenue that's consistent. And when you repackage your services on a delivery and you find the clients that need your work for the long term, you can take what she's doing, for example, on these blogs. Instead of billing a la carte, you group all those blogs together and say, hey, you have an ongoing need for your content strategy for top of funnel. So now she's not only going to be doing the blog writing, but she'll say you get four blogs per month plus a weekly or monthly set audit with Hotjar or anything installed on the site to see what's, what's hot, what's working, looking through the analytics and analytical review, conversion optimization, crafting the offer, making sure the, the uh, um, um, blogs are performing, and then creating ways to repurpose those into emails. So she's adding very little 
odds and ends, but providing a suite of services on an ongoing, virtually never-ending basis. So when you find those clients that have those ongoing needs, you can take those services of what you're doing, get paid for your consulting time by packaging it in, charging higher rates, and again, finding clients that need you virtually indefinitely. And I've I've worked with this client now for uh, four years, going on five years, other ones for two, three, four years. And it's the same amount of work on the front end for the discovery. Whether you're doing a two hundred project, or two hundred dollar project, or they're on for for years. Yeah. So it sounds like the trick of it is that you're finding a way to package or add in services that are going to, instead of the end result being some copy that you can put up on your blog, it, the end result is optimization of a sales funnel process that gets more clients, more revenue, more profits dropping to the bottom line for the client. Yes? Yes and no. Uh, the, reason, the only reason I say and no is there's, there's writers that are listening that might not be, that might not consider themselves direct response writers, right? They're, they're a content strategist, but it's a very key piece of the sales cycle. So my biggest, the, the, the biggest, the most valuable way to do this is to find people that have the ongoing need position your services as an ongoing service as opposed to one-off. So you're selling a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. The best way to pitch that to the client is the same way. And I've told them outright, I have a limited brain power. I can't write for a hundred brands, can write for a handful of brands very effectively. You're paying to lease my brain. You don't care if it takes me an hour or 20 hours to write an email. All you care about is the results. So the way I work my agreements is to come alongside companies like yours that feed this meet this criteria. So when we embark on our journey together, you don't care how much time it takes and neither do I. I'm invested in seeing you succeed. So with this arrangement, you get deliverable X, which is the writing, deliverable Y, which is all the consulting, and deliverable Z, which is the ongoing optimization and strategy side, which no matter what you do should always be there. If it's not, you're not a true copywriter, right? You're just, you're pumping out words on a page and it's, you know, it's great. You can grow into that role. But when you package all those three together, now you've removed the whole pay per hour piece. You don't want people thinking per piece items per time, nothing. They get a package for a straight amount, fixed rate. We can talk about success fees or royalties or however people like to position it later, but that's the, the bread and butter. And if you switch to that model, you only need a handful of clients to start doing really, really well for yourself. Okay, cool. Well, we're almost out of time, but let's talk for a few minutes about your services. I have a weird feeling that there might be some listeners who'd like to get some of the kind of results you're talking about today. So what do you do and how can people find out more about you and get in touch with you? Excellent question. So first and foremost, anyone can contact me at adam at brainhickey.com. So brain as in the brain, hickey like the mark left on your neck by a lover. So adam at brainhickey.com is my brand. Uh, you can email me there. So what I do, I work with uh, copywriters uh, who are usually earning between four and 8000 a month. Um, they've got clients, but they're kind of stuck at that point. And they've experienced the best month ever followed by worst month ever. And inconsistency, bidding projects, and the time-consuming nature that can be pretty exhausting of... Uh, all of that whole process. So I work with them either in a one-on-one setting or a group setting to repackage their services, go through what I call a copywriting business makeover, identify your niche, find what your sweet spot is, repackage those services, and then um, 
shift to a retainer model using my system. I have templates and processes to teach to help avoid all the pitfalls that people may have experienced with a retainer model, and then use that model to either reach out or build a referral pipeline so you don't have to spend any money on marketing, and then grow to that ten dollars to $25,000 a month income with just a handful of clients. And I've seen people do this really, really, really quickly. So that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And I forgot I can give the domain. So Adam at Brain Hickey, you can email me. Um, I do have a free training that's coming out, and that'll be at brainhickey.com slash six, the number figures, like the income, six figures. Uh, so you can learn more there as well. Okay. That's great. I, I, I think we got to wrap, but Nathan, anything you want to say, including your personal experience, if you want? Yeah. So I've been working with Adam for the last couple of months. And I right now have switched one of my clients over to the retainer model, and I'm in negotiations with two other clients to do the same thing. The biggest benefit that I've found from it is now I'm able to dedicate most of my mental energy to the same projects rather than having to switch gears, which I'm just not good at switching gears. We've done how to become a subject matter and an ex- expert in, in no time at all episodes and stuff like that. It's a, it's a struggle that all copywriters copywriters deal with is switching gears. I don't really have to worry about that as much anymore. And I don't have to worry about other copywriters pieces conflicting with what I'm doing. Somebody's messaging in their emails leading to my landing page and the inconsistency causing distrust in the reader, all those different things that you have to worry about when you're working as one piece or one link in the chain are things that I'm not having to worry about anymore. So I'm able to get the one client that I'm working with right now, I'm able to get them better results and I'm, at, I'm able to stay focused on their projects, on their work uh, at a higher level than I was before. So I'm personally loving this model and it's what I plan on moving everybody to, at least in my world in the future. And um, I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't come across it sooner. <laughs> Yeah, well, it came when you were ready, I guess, or it came when you found it. I don't know. <laughs> Adam, one more time, can you let people know where they can go to find out more? Yeah, they can go to brainhickey.com backslash six figures. So the number six, F-I-G-U-R-E-S. There's a free training that I am uh, releasing soon, but you'll get on that list. You'll get an email from me uh, and you can reach out to me personally at adam at brainhickey.com. If you are interested in chatting about some one-on-one work, just email me. Uh, I'm, I'm a very personal person to work on. There's no tricky funnels. Uh, I help clients create tricky funnels. When you work with me, you work with a human being. <laughs> I'm very easy to work with a human being. So just shoot me an email and I'm happy to, to ask you a few questions, find out if we're a good fit, and then we can take it from there and see if copywriting business makeover makes sense for you. That's great. And let's put that in the show notes too. Okay, Nathan. Absolutely. And if you want the show notes or you want more episodes of the podcast, head on over to copywriterspodcast.com and we'll catch you next time. All right. See you next time. Hey, thanks guys. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Brought to you by the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.